We'd like to thank Montecito Bank and Trust for their generous support in making Scam Squad possible. I'm Patty Teal. And I'm Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. Scam Squad is up next. Sound off. One, one two. two. Sound off. Three, four. One, two, three, four. Scam Squad. Welcome to Scam Squad, everyone. Today we have two wonderful experts with us, Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson and Laurel Sykes, Chief Risk Officer and Vice President, Branch Manager at Montecito Bank and Trust. Welcome to both of you. Hi, Patty. Good to be here as always. Hi, Patty. Hi. So, Laurel, we'll let you start us off. What do you have for us today? Well, I thought given that it's nearing the end of January, I can't believe we're here in that time of the year already, but I thought it would be a good idea to talk about tax return theft and what you can do to prevent it from possibly happening to you, given we're at that point in the cycle. Good topic. I'm so glad you're bringing this up. Boy, me too. I think we talked about this a little bit last year. We were starting to see an uptick in cases at our own institution. I think last year we logged six cases of identity theft uh, through tax return fraud where perpetrators had effectively obtained the social security numbers of the filers and filed their taxes on their behalf in order to receive their tax refund. I have to tell you, that happened to my husband and I. Oh, you're kidding. No. So we were victimized by this. Fortunately, no, no money lost. But this did happen to us. We have no idea how they got our information, but we got a notice from the IRS that somebody had somehow got our information and filed tax returns using our names. So there you go. Oh, my goodness. We have a case in point on the telephone. Absolutely. (laughs) My goodness. The problem has been a big deal and and was on an uptick from what we understand from the IRS through about 2015. And at that time, there were almost uh, 700,000 taxpayers that were reporting being a victim of this type of theft. They had a concentrated effort with uh, state and local government and really did a lot of work. Uh, sounds like Vicki was one of the recipients of that, where they were identifying it while it was happening. And that number has dropped substantially to down to about 242,000 for the 2017 filing year. So in those cases, and Vicki, maybe you can tell me if this is correct, but if you were one of those taxpayers then you would have to do your return by paper and give them an identity theft affidavit and it might cause delays in getting your refund. I don't know if you experienced that. Actually, my accountant took care of everything, so she may well have gone through those steps. I honestly don't recall exactly what we had to do, but we were notified and we didn't lose any money. So so that was kind of the bottom line for us. But I know my accountant is very capable, probably took whatever steps she needed to take to make sure that we were dotting all our I's and crossing our T's. That's great. Well, and you brought up, you don't know how it happened. And there's a couple of different mechanisms that crooks are using to get this information. And, And one, of course, was the Equifax breach. That happened back in 2017 that we've talked about a couple of times on this show already. Just as a reminder, that's the breach where um, 150 million consumers had their information stolen as part of a breach of Equifax. So anytime they had ever in the past applied for a loan, the data that that bureau had on file for them was breached. And it included things like social security numbers and address and potentially even employers. That's an incredibly large number of people. Absolutely. And when you yeah. think about that data floating around about there and the fact that right now it's, it's tax season, 
Now all of a sudden they have easy access to being able to put together these tax returns that might flip through the defenses of the IRS because they have so much more information. Right. Another way that crooks are starting to perpetrate this type of fraud is through the theft of W-2s. So those of us that are employed and receiving W-2s, they're phishing tax professionals and human resource departments and in payroll offices of those companies that you're working for. And they might pretend to be the CEO of the company, for example, and send an email that says, hey, I'm doing a special project. Don't tell anyone. Please send me a copy of all the W-2s we issued last year. And this has actually happened more than you would think to the point where the FBI is starting to put out alerts about this type of theft. And that's an even easier way for a crook to really slip through the, the lines to, to file a tax return and make it look really legitimate. That's amazing. It's, it's like the e-commerce fraud where they pretend to be somebody from the company and redirect money to yes. a crook. Yes. Yeah. yeah it's they, all different variations of the same scams, isn't it? Yeah. Same idea. It is amazing. Do they also sometimes steal them from mailboxes? You know, it's possible. The, uh, they might steal them from mailboxes or they might even just have them rerouted. Uh, another type of, of social engineering is where they call up and pretend to do a change of address and have those, those filings rerouted. But the low-hanging fruit right now is still just all of the electronic information that's out there. For people that aren't receiving W-2s and are just, you know, getting government assistance or the like, that's an even easier uh, thing to perpetrate. So a couple of tips that we wanted to, to share with folks. Number one, file early. You know, a good tip when you're getting ready to file your taxes is to take a look at last year's tax return. And just take note of what you needed to give to your CPA or what you used to prepare your own taxes or, you know, whoever was helping you on your tax return and make note of everything you need. And then as it comes in the mail or electronically, check it off and try to file as soon as you have everything in your possession. That's the easiest way uh, to get your refund before they do. Secondly, you could consider changing your deductions. It's much easier to get that money throughout the year than to wait till the end of the year to get the $1,000 or so that you would otherwise get if you weren't doing the right number of deductions. And then lastly, just be aware of odd tax emails. Don't trust anyone calling that's claiming to be from the IRS. The unique phishing scams, it, it just continues to, to exponentially grow um, as the crooks are getting savvier and savvier with this data. I have heard that tip about filing early, and um, my accountant about two months ago sent us a big packet to fill out to get ready for preparing our taxes, so clearly she's on it and trying to encourage her clients to um, file before the crooks file. There you go. <laughs> what will they think of next? One yeah. of the other things that we understand is possible but somewhat challenging is you can't establish a PIN with the IRS for filing your taxes, um, especially if, if you've been a victim of identity theft in the past. You do have to go through a lot of extra steps to verify you are who you say you are, and I believe it's only available for those that have been victims of ID theft in the first place. But definitely something worth checking with your CPA about because that will protect you going forward too. Yeah. It's unbelievable what what these crooks can do and they're they're just using our internet to think of more and more ways to scam us it's really frustrating it is you know and, and speaking of CPAs if you are working with somebody um, make sure that they don't just email you your tax returns um, 
to your, your Gmail or your personal email account, and then two minutes later send you the password to open that to the very same email address. Make sure there's some other way um, for that really sensitive data to be communicated because they're subject to breaches just like uh, banks and anybody else that holds sensitive client data. And when they click on links and download malware to their computers, the very same things are going to happen to your, your tax repairs. So make sure you have a good process in place for that information and don't let those tax returns sit in your email box because if you yourself are compromised, it's an easy look for the, the fraudster to find that information. That is really good advice, Laurel. And I know of some tax repairers who have been hacked. They've had to send out notices to all of their clients, warning them that they've been hacked and putting procedures in place to protect that data going forward. So it is happening. We need to take steps to protect ourselves. And we really can't count on others to protect us. We need to be proactive. We need to file early. We need to have a procedure in place with our tax preparers so that we know our information is being kept safely. Just unbelievable what's going on. Absolutely. Gosh, Laurel, I thank you so much for the good advice and Vicki for chiming in with your great advice and personal experience. It's been a really great scam squad and a great warning for this time of year. Thank you both so very much. Thank you, Patty, for giving us this opportunity. And Laurel, would you remind yeah, our you. listeners of your website where you have so much information up there that Montecito Bank and Trust has posted to help people not become a victim of all sorts of scams? Absolutely. We're easy. Um, we tell people not to key in the actual address. You just Google Montecito Bank and Trust, you'll find the link. But if you do want to bookmark the link, it's Montecito.bank. And the security page is backslash security. So real easy to find. And we encourage you to go check out all the great resources. Thank you all so very much. Bye now. Talk to you soon. Bye, Patty. Thank you. And thank you, Laurel. Thank you.